Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, we're going to hit a hodgepodge of topics. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yes. It's been, uh, you know, there have been some rather, you know, newsworthy items since the last time we talked eight days ago. Yeah. Let's start with the Jaden Rashada of it all. So you and I, a few weeks ago, talked about how his deal fell apart. He was mentioned as being potentially interested in ASU. Um, a very good athletic story about the machinations yes. behind his Miami commitment, his cold feet about Miami as evidenced by the Miami group text. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, then he does go and, and commit to Florida. He signs a contract. Uh Darren Heitner is a, a guy who I actually met in law school. He was oh, yeah? he was positioning himself as a sports law person. And, okay. and okay. he, you know, now is like Mr. Gator Collective. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he, he he the story goes Rashada agreed to go to Miami for nine million or $11 million, passing Something, on more money yeah, from no, Florida. No official numbers on that, yeah, yeah. Then he gets a bigger offer from Florida, which there there's a contract. There's no debate that there's a contract that laid out. He was supposed to be paid yeah. uh, six figures before he even enrolled. Um, but he... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one thing I got to say, as, as you're talking about this, is like when we talked about it a few weeks ago, I remember saying, you know, I've read people, that, oh, there's no way he's getting, like, apparently that was what he was going to get. Uh, now, they didn't come through with it, so, you know, like, yeah. I, you know, it's worth the paper it's printed on type of thing. But still, like, yeah, apparently that was what was agreed to. Well, and, and look, I don't want to get into the speculation business but it seems entirely plausible that he's going to file a breach of contract claim. And yeah, that, that could yeah. become uh, a distraction. Um, yeah, I mean, now the interesting thing about it, and, and you are more well-versed on the legalese, obviously, than I am. But, you know, the, Mandel mentioned this in, in a tweet a few, a few days before the article, and then the article came out, that it sounds like the contract basically had a clause that said they could cancel it for any reason they want. They could. So I don't think that the breach is anything other than that first payment because it was two days after the right. missed payment that they canceled. So I, but I, I think he has a, yeah, I think he has point. a fairly, you know, maybe not winning argument, but a, a compelling argument that that first six figure payment was missed and they breached. Yeah, that's it. that's true. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I, but, no, I, he I won't mean, get the full thirteen million. The contract. No, is pretty clear and, about that. and obviously, I mean, he was never gonna, you know. Uh, but it like, and and I'm stealing this point from Stuart Mandel, you know, because he tweeted the little like the, the picture of it before the article came out. Basically, said like, who would ever agree to a contract like this? I mean, that's like you know, it's like someone offering you a job and saying uh, we could fire you anytime, and there is there doesn't have to be any reason. Like, man. Uh, that, that makes you feel awfully tenuous. Um, but, uh, you know, who was advising this kid? Who was deciding these things? I guess those are those are probably huge questions that we don't have totally answered. But regardless of what happened, as you and I talked about when it ended, that he was rumored to potentially be looking at ASU, having never taken an official visit. 
But right. his dad went here. They'd been here on unofficial visits. Um, he had a relationship with Dillingham going back to Oregon's recruitment of him. Uh, and he's he winds up coming. Now, one of the things yeah. from that article that I, I where I'd like to start is his poor performance in the Elite 11 and Boy, the speculation. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same page. I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. So the, the article speculated, and the other participants and coaches there, uh, including one coach who was on the record uh, with his name, basically said everyone was giving him a hard time, everyone was asking about it, and he cracked. Um, yeah. It, college football's got a lot of eyeballs. Now, ASU, you and I have talked about, the ASU market – in Tempe might be the best spot for him because you've got the Republic who kind of has a writer and the athletic yeah. who has a guy who covers all Arizona sports now with Doug Howard. Pretty much. Yeah. You yeah. Know, he's U of A, ASU the, and the Suns and the Cardinals. Cardinals and Suns. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, no, and I was thinking that honestly, that that's, I mean, it's, it's very interesting. We, we didn't talk about this before we started recording exactly where we were going to go. And that was, one of my takeaways from the story was that part, but then also thinking like, quite honestly, maybe ASU is a good place for him in that case, mm -hmm. because it's a, it's a big city. Yes, it is. And it's a power five program, but we're kind of, I mean, ASU football is a little bit of a, not small fish, but, but a medium sized fish in a very big bowl. And, and, you know, that fish doesn't get a lot of notice unless there's a real reason to pay attention to it. So it's going to allow him to kind of maybe just get his feet underneath him a little bit. And, and hopefully, based on especially that article, reading it, like he should not be a, in the mix for the, for the starting job, I don't think, as a freshman. Well, I mean, you know, like he's going to get here in the fall or yeah, summer. I was going to say, it seems like he's not going to be able to make spring ball because he right, enrolled at Florida. Right, right exactly. You know, so he can't even officially enroll until summer, I suppose, which means he's missing all of spring. We brought in two transfers that you know one has a fair amount of starting experience one with with a little bit of experience and then we still have a you know returning half starter from last year mm -hmm. so we have we have options for this year we don't need to put this kid out there before he's ready and and maybe the best thing for him is to just kind of like get off the radar a bit you know i, mm -hmm. I mean because it look i'm sure it is and and you know we're not going to get to this yet but it is it is very tough to have the scrutiny on you at 17 and 18 years old. And when we'll talk about someone who did and has thrived in it his whole life, basically later on when we talk about basketball, but that's tough, man. And, and it breaks you down. And if you're not built for it and you don't have, you know, people around you to help you through it, it can break you. You know, how many, how many can't miss kids have missed mm -hmm. because they're just not ready for the moment. And, and so, Maybe coming here is the right thing. I mean, the other place he visited was TCU. And granted, TCU is not, you know, it's not Texas, but they were in the national championship game last year. Yeah. They're going to have more eyeballs on them. They're going to have more focus. Like, oh, this kid's going to take over from Max Duggan, right? There's not going to be that pressure here. Not right out the gate. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, to your point about he has an opportunity to sit, you know, yeah. and I don't know who of these guys could win the job, right? But it, if it's Pine and he redshirts, he's got a two-year buffer behind Pine. Right, right. If it's Borgay, I, 
I, Bourget Bourget might be a grad student. So I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think he's done. I think so. It's hard to keep up now with eligibility and the like, but I, I, I think next year's his last year of eligibility. He goes back to, he goes back to, I mean, didn't he start Todd Graham? He was a walk on under Todd Graham. I I remember right. Yeah. But with COVID and everything, but I think he's done. And Conover, I think is in the, in between the two. I think Conover's a, either the same as Pine. Or I thought he was a tough one to figure out because he's been out of high school for longer, but he took that two-year mission. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. He's somewhere between a, a redshirt freshman and a junior, I think. Uh, uh, but I, but either sure. way, but, but yeah, either yeah. way, it'll create a two-year buffer between Rashada and the starter at least. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And and you know, like I think you have to probably expect that whoever the starter is this year is i mean i hope i'm wrong ideally we're uh, ideally what i'm going to say doesn't prove out to be true but it's likely to be a bit of a bumpy year hopefully better than last year but it's not likely whoever the starter is is like whoa man we got a heisman candidate so he might have his chance to compete in 24 and and you know do it but you know it sounds like from reading that article and it's always interesting with you know like maybe he was a bit overhyped anyway well, and that like, was one of know. the things, I'm glad you brought that up, that was one of the things that seemed pretty clear in there, too, is that half the people were like, he's not five-star, he's probably, no. you know, borderline four? Yeah, yeah, and, and maybe it just gets carried away because, you know, like, uh, the top guys, I mean, that's what happens in recruiting. The top guys start to fill in, you know, Arch Manning has his schools, and this Iamaleava kid from... I went to Tennessee. He's got his, and 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 you know, all of a sudden, the top guys are taken. Malachi Nelson goes to USC, first Oklahoma, then switches to USC to follow Lincoln Riley, and it's like, well, okay, who's the next big thing? We got to find the guy, you know, that's going to keep our intrigue. And it's like this kid became the center of attention. Well, like, and then well, maybe he's the guy. Well, and then you got a bidding war going between two historical right. powers. Right, right, historical powers that are both kind of struggling to find their footing. The last, you know. Miami longer than Florida, but but for the last several years, neither one has really, you know, had a consistency. Florida's had some good years, but it's hit or miss, and Miami has really not had very many good years since the early 2000s. So, yeah, you, you get that guy, and it's like, well, he's the savior. He's going to be the guy to bring Miami back to glory. Like, I mean, is he? Maybe he could have been. I don't know. He's not going there now. But it's like, you know, I think it's it's um, it's a very interesting case study in like how hype gets brought about on a recruit. And obviously now with the advent of the NIL stuff that you start throwing these dollars around, it's like, well, this kid must be the best quarterback in the country. If He's getting paid like Kenny Pickett. paying him $13 million. Like, I don't think he is. I think Florida was just a little desperate. Well, and it's also, this is one of those things that I think is a, we, the story kind of touched on it and it's everyone's thing of like, we don't really know where bottom is for these NIL deals or flip side, like where top is, Yeah, but like they overextended, they didn't have the money to pay him (laughs) and they, you know, yeah, yeah. And that's why I set up, you know, when we were talking about it, it's like, I, I mean, in some ways I thought the $13 million was like. Ah, uh, that's just social media hype. Probably no one ever. Well, they did agree to pay him that, but then at the same time, you say apparently they didn't actually have the money to back it up. So what? You know, I mean, that'd be like you know me saying, "Yeah, I'll uh, I'll pay you a million dollars." Like, well, I don't have it, 
but uh, I could promise it. Well, Don't it's expect N- me to actually come through with it, though. It's NFL non-guaranteed contract style. Of it, like, is. it is. We'll pay yes. you as long as you're around. But yeah. also, we don't. If we decide we don't want you around, you don't get right. a say. And there's and there's clauses in the deal that make it almost impossible for you to ever make that. I mean, NFL contracts are crazy. With it, you know, you, you sign this. You know, you sign a, a two year deal, but it's actually a five year deal with three void years that you'll never see. It's like what? I mean, I, like whoever created the NFL contract system is either a mad genius or an actual insane person. Because mm-hmm. yeah, they're insane. But, but, yeah, this is kind of what that felt like in a way. Like, yeah, we'll give you $13 million. Oh, do we have it? No. Well, okay. Well, well good thing we put in that contract that uh, we can get out of it for any reason. We're, yeah. we're getting out of it. Um, for ASU, uh, it, it leads to an interesting time. Uh, Dillingham said the right things. And yeah, yeah. I, I, as I a, mean, I think... I think it's a risk worth taking. I know I didn't say that a few weeks ago. I was on the other side. The more I've thought about it, and of course, maybe you know, my perception changes because he actually picked ASU. Uh, you know, I didn't actually think he would, to be honest. But since he did, it's like, well, all right, now we got him. It's like, I mean, maybe he's overhyped. He might be, but nonetheless, he's ranked pretty much consensus as a top ten quarterback in the country. Mm-hmm. We don't have top ten quarterbacks banging down our door right now. Hopefully, we will. You know, Dillingham has success, and maybe a couple years from now we'll be able to turn away a top ten quarterback. Well, and we've, we've got, got three a, others that are interested. I know we've but, got a five star interested because, right? You know his, you know, because Sample's dad is the coach. But. Right, right. You know, and so I mean, hopefully with the, it's limited. But the, Dillingham's had success. You know, coaching quarterbacks. He hasn't been a mm-hmm. you know position or a coordinator for that long so there's not a ton of, of evidence but you know with what he did with Bo Nix and, and the like like okay hopefully we will right now we're not in position to say uh, yeah you're a, you're a four star quarterback but I'm sorry we're just not interested in that like yeah we're interested and you, you know I mean it sounds like again the one thing I well not the one thing one of many things I took from that article was you know, most everybody seemed to say he seems like a pretty good kid. He just kind of got thrust into a situation. He's probably got some folks around him that maybe are looking out for his best interest. But maybe mm-hmm. at his core, he's a decent kid and maybe getting away from home and being in college and he'll, again, mature. You know, I mean, you mature from 18 to 19 to 20 to 21. and You know, it's, it's worth a risk. Does it pay off? Gosh, who knows? We'll, we'll find out, but I, I think it's worth trying. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, hopefully he's not a cancer. I guess that's the big thing, and that's that's what I was worried about when we talked about it a few weeks ago. Is like, God, is this kid just a, 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 you know, a clubhouse, locker room, whatever you want to call it, cancer? That article made me think, no. So that gives me a little bit more optimism. Well, it leads me to the idea that he, you know, I, I guess what you said makes a lot of sense to me. It's a free roll, right? Like, yeah. if it works, that's awesome. And if it doesn't work, we, we've we got Pine and Conover. Right. Uh, you know, right. And you and you got to, I think you still want to swing for the fences with next year's class. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I know we're we got a visit or whatever unofficial, whatever from the, from the kid from Basha who's committed to Ole Miss. He was, you know, 
scene with Dillingham or something, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I don't know how great he is. He's, you know, but fairly well regarded. Um, you know, whatever it is, like we gotta, you still need to try to land somebody for next year who's really good and let it play out. And, you know, in today's world with quarterbacks, you got to try to land somebody almost every year. It feels like, because they're going to have them leave. So you just got to keep refreshing the pipeline. Exactly. You can't, you know, pin it on one guy for, I mean, we had what, was it under Graham that we had back to back years where we didn't get a quarterback recruit out of high school. Yeah. Like that, that can't happen anymore. Because, you know, you're, you're going to lose them, so you got to keep bringing them in. Absolutely. Um, let's pivot now to talk about the uh, pro football game taking place in the Valley. Yeah. So Just a few days away now. Super Bowl's coming. You've got... It, 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 I, I'm going to level with you. I think it's my least favorite time to be a football fan when my team is not in it. Because you just get the most insane takes. Like, because it's two weeks yeah. about one game. And, like, yeah. sometimes yeah. it's fun. Like, is the punter going to have his, you know, hair up or down in his helmet? <laughs> Townsend. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. Okay? I That's fine. But the, you know, Jalen Hurts is actually a better quarterback than Mahomes. He's the guy who you'd build in a lab. It's like, uh, okay, well, I mean, sure, I guess. Well, and then you get the flip side of it. I read, I think it was, and I, I didn't see the clip, so maybe it was sort of tongue-in-cheek or I don't know. But Maurice Jones-Drew says, you know, if Mahomes wins this, he's the greatest of all time. Like, huh? I mean, like, you know, he'd be on the path to maybe be that. But, like, I, I didn't think five years of your career was enough to, to seal your legacy as the greatest of all time. That seems a little bit rash. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, so, did we like? I can't stand Tom Brady. You know this, but did, did we already forget that he existed? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I know he just retired, you know, but like he played for a long time and he set like just about every record and won seven Super Bowls. Have, have I mean, we already erased him from history? Or, you know, he, that quick. He won more Super Bowls than Mahomes has played seasons so far. Exactly. Like that's yeah, it's yeah. one of those things. Like, like maybe, let's give some maybe perspective he'll be on that to that track. You know, yeah. two in your first five years. Would certainly, but again, track is one. I mean, Russell Wilson won in his second year and got to one in his third, and it was like, oh man, this team is built, and they never even got back to a championship game. So you know, nobody is guaranteed anything because you have early success. Yeah, I, I agree. I and so yeah. I guess my I'm my with point you, is, your it's overall just... point, it is, it, yeah. It, I mean, two weeks is good for player health and all that. Oh yeah, and, you know, give you the, the best rosters available. Banged up guys get a little rest, and, but it's it, especially in today's media world with you know so many different outlets that need to say something to get noticed. You know, two weeks is for one game. It's like, oh my god, just get to it, man. Let's just play the game. Yeah, that that to me is just the the one thing I wanted to share. Uh, uh, you yes. Know. It's no, I agree. Because you can do game breakdown, right? And we can talk about the game breakdown. But for two weeks, you have to find angles. And you can't be the yeah. only one who's, you know, everyone's talking about, you know, Mahomes is a good quarterback. Okay, well, that's not enough. We, <laughs> right, right. Mahomes is the greatest quarterback ever, or he's a bum. Those right, are the two right, takes right. that you get this week. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I mean, if they lose... 
you know that'll be, I mean, you know, you'll hear, oh, well, boy, is he a little overrated? Uh, you know, like, oh, he's had all these really good teams. He's only got one Super Bowl. He'll, you know, is he the Atlanta Braves? Like, uh, no. I mean, first of all, the Atlanta Braves are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, people just have to have something to talk about. And you could, you're right, you could do game breakdown. But game breakdown doesn't really sell all mm-hmm. that well. You know, the, the NFL matchup show and stuff like that. That's fun. I enjoy it. But that doesn't. That doesn't get you clicks. It doesn't get you ratings. Um, you need, you know, two guys screaming at each other, and one of them says, uh, again, you know, Mahomes is going to be the greatest ever. And then another one says, no, he's, he's not even, you know, top 10 in the league right now. And then they yell and scream, and, you know, people turn it on, and they talk about it on Twitter, and boom, everybody's happy. Exactly. It, so, it, you know. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things, like, Hertz and Mahomes, the answer to this, two guys who are MVP finalists, the answer to this game is one of these guys is a bum. And, of course. Oh, and yeah. the other guy yeah. is the greatest quarterback in the history of quarterbacks. Probably, yeah. If, if the Eagles win, you know, Hertz is going to be on his way to minimum five Super Bowls. This team is positioned for long-term dominance, which, you know, I remember hearing the same thing in 2017 when they won. And the, the, the four years in between were fairly lean. Now, they've gotten back. You know, if you if you didn't pay much attention, you'd think like, well, the Eagles, they're just rolling along second Super Bowl in six years. Not quite. Uh, you know, like there, there were some lean times in between. Yeah. This is a much different team than the one that I mean, with with, you know, starting with the head coach, the quarterback. Uh, I mean, only a few guys left from that 2017 team that won. So, yeah, you know, we do this every time with a team, you know, oh, they're going to. They're going to, you know, whoever wins, they're positioned to dominate the league. And, like, does anybody really dominate the league in the NFL? I mean, the Patriots had a nice long run. But even then, you know, like, okay, yeah, they won a bunch of Super Bowls. They lost more than they won. Uh, You know, like, yeah, they won seven in 20 years. That means 13 years they didn't win. Or six, I mean, excuse me, Brady won seven. Yeah. And it's just, so, it's just the part that I, as a fan, struggle with. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. You you almost got to tune it out a little bit. Uh, You know, like it's kind of one of those where you, you got to take your sports talk in small doses this week, because if you, if you inhale too much of it, it'll just drive you nuts. Um, I guess I, I want to, on, on the issue of the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl festivities, I want to just hear how has it been in the greater Phoenix area? Have you noticed well, a significant uptick you know, or is it really just localized yet. downtown? I haven't yet, but I'm going to say I've, I've worked Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And so I've just, I mean, I've worked in the office. So basically my three days so far has consisted of driving to, toward ASU and driving back from ASU in the evening. Um, tomorrow I'm going to the Phoenix open, which is always a madhouse. Probably will be even more of one. And then Friday, I'm going downtown for, you know, so I'll, I'll be able to, to give you a better answer on that, I guess, uh, the next time we talk, whenever that is. Because, yeah, I haven't done much with it. Uh, you know, unlike 2008, when I was a senior in college, so were you, and I arranged it where I could, you know, basically skip any sort of college work for a week and just focus completely on this. Uh, you know, 37-year-old Matt can't do that, as well as 22-year-old Matt. So I don't know yet. Is, is my answer. I just, everything that I've seen online seems to be localized to downtown. 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not, you know, not a lot happens in Glendale, um, you know, except for the game itself, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, not a not a ton uh, out there. You know, I know, obviously, the, the the golf tournament is always a big thing, and this year is like the perfect storm. It got the, you know, it got the elevated status from the PGA Tour, so they've got. 18 to the top 20 in the world and then you got you know people coming in town for the super bowl so it it should be a madhouse i mean it always is and it i'm sure you you know turn it up by a notch or two as well um so that that'll probably be the first place i really experience it tomorrow yeah because that's I, always crazy anyway i can only imagine i had so a family friend was at the game or at the uh, tournament today for okay. the pro-am uh and J.J. Watt's golf ball landed at the feet of him and his buddy. So his yeah. buddy laid on the ground and pretended that he got hit by the ball. <laughs> uh, and, and Watt walked over and they had a laugh because, you know, they Did were all Wisconsin guys. Or yeah, they were all Wisconsin guys, so they just t- wanted to talk to him about nice. the Badgers. But he, nice. he was good-natured about it. They sent a video of Watt's reaction. That's cool. Laughing. That's cool, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a fun event. I mean, it's it's gotten... It's gotten so much bigger than it even was, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And, you know, like I, I, I want to go, but I, I chose Thursday on purpose because Thursday is usually the least crowded, which is still relative because it's going to be a lot of people, but less than the other three days. Um, and I want to see some good golf. Like I'm actually going out there to watch some of the best golfers play golf. Uh, but you know, most people go out there for the party and, and it's a party, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and it's fun to watch on TV when you're not necessarily in the mix of all that. Yeah. I which am, I'll be doing on Friday and Saturday. I'm sure there will be plenty of uh, stuff that you'll have seen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good good sights and, uh, you know, the, the smell of the smell of alcohol in the air every, every step you take, basically. Absolutely. Um, let's pivot from one pinnacle of pro sports to another. LeBron James last night breaks Kareem's scoring record. Uh, younger than Kareem. Obviously, Kareem yeah. went to college and LeBron sure. didn't. So that, sure. that basically explains the difference. But less games, breaks the record. And, and I want to start with this thought that I saw. And I, obviously, we want to talk about the SI cover when he was 17 and all of those things. Sure, but sure. LeBron needed 36 points last night. And everyone just assumed he would get it, and then he got it. Like, is, that's yeah. kind of amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a uh, it's sort of symbolic of his entire career in a way that you know, like the the expectations that he faced. I saw somebody, and I think it was just some random Joe on Twitter said, you know, put something up today, and it, it you know it kind of caught on. People were you know replying to it like. Has anybody in the history of sports faced higher expectations before turning pro and and met them or exceeded them? And I, I mean, the only one I could think of that's similar is Tiger Woods. That's who I was uh, thinking as well. You know, like basically it was, okay, you need to be the best player of all time. And in many ways he has been. And LeBron's the same. Like, okay, I mean, there's the debate out there and I don't, I don't, get into the whole oh, who's the goat or who's Jordan or like look they're they're all really really good and if you're in that conversation that means you've done pretty well for yourself and and LeBron's in that conversation like you know unless you're just an absolute hater 
if you made a list of the top five players of all time, he's going to be on that list every single time. And that's pretty darn good. (laughs) You know, like to, to have that glare on you at age 16, 17 and end up with that type of career is really amazing. Yeah. I, you know, the chosen one yeah. who tattooed it, for that. tattooed it on his back and yes. was right. Yeah. You know? he, I mean, he was mocked, and a lot of people have been waiting on that downfall. And I think that plays into why so many folks seem to have a, 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 a grudge against him or a, or just like something out for him. And I some of it I feel like is an act. Like there's the Skip Baylesses of the world who I think that's become their character. I don't like LeBron and I'm going to, you know, I don't know that he really dislikes LeBron. I think it's just like he's living his character now. Um, But I think that just like for some reason, some folks just cannot get past the hype and can't acknowledge the fact that like he was worth the hype. I mean, that's the bottom line. There was a ton of hype and it felt unwarranted. But it wasn't. It wasn't unwarranted. It, it was very much deserved, and he's lived up to it for twenty years now. He was the best player in the league from probably his second year to his fifteenth year. Yeah, and he's yeah. still probably one of the top ten. Yeah, a, I mean, a, from the time 20. he walked into to now, he's been a top ten player. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, which is amazing. And look, I know. I mean, you you can't. It's sort of. It's kind of the same conversation about about quarterbacks nowadays and, and you know, like the game is easier for quarterbacks to put up numbers and it's, and basketball's the same way. It's called differently. It's coached differently. Um, so Grant, yes, he's averaging 30 and it's like, well, you know, Kareem didn't average 30 at that age. And like, yeah, but the game was different. So you, you do have to acknowledge that, but nonetheless, like he's still doing it. Like, I mean, yeah, more guys are averaging 30 a game than maybe ever before, but it's still only like eight and he's one of them, uh, you know, along with guys who are in their early to mid-20s in their athletic prime. And he's 38 with, you know, what, four or five extra seasons, basically, if you count up all the playoff games he played. Oh, yes. And that's the other thing is, you know, we talk about the load management or whatever. Yeah. But, like, really? I, I, he He's played the Olympics, the playoffs. Yeah, been to what ten finals? Mm-hmm. You, you lose track almost of how many finals he went, but I think it's ten, right? Yeah. Well, and then he like went to nine in a row, and then one with the Lakers. Well, and we diminished the Laker one, right? We say, I know. you know, oh well, it's a bubble final. It's like it, the bubble might have been harder. You know, I think it's entirely I mean, possible to take the opposite, the I diametrically I opposed argument. I agree. I mean, you know, and that's one you're never going to win because people have, you know. But, like, okay, people say, well, you didn't have to go on the road. That's true, but you also didn't get any home games. Yeah, you were never it, at home. Yeah. And, and the other team also and, didn't travel. You know? Right. And they were the one seed, if I remember right. They were the, when the, when the season was stopped, they were the number one team in the West. So they would have had home court throughout the playoffs, and they would have had a, you know, a pivotal game five or a deciding game seven at home. They didn't have that. So, like, yeah, I mean, look, they were a great team that year. They didn't get hot and win on a fluke. They were a great team. They might have won the title if it had been a normal season. We don't know. But it wasn't like it was a fluky, oh, they were the seventh seed and then they got hot in the bubble and won. That I might be more willing to dismiss. Yeah. It still would be a title. 
I mean, you know, but it might be easier to be like, well, were they really deserving of it? Ah, who knows? I mean, they were, when the season paused, I believe they had the second or third best record in the league. The Bucks had the best. I know that. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of, they never got their momentum back after the season restarted. But I think they were leading the West at that point. They finished, when you know, when the season restarted, they played those few games. I know they finished as the one seed. Yeah. No, now, what's happened to them since? Good God, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it, it stands as a very odd year for them because, boy, every other year he's been there, they've either missed the playoffs or gone out in the first round. Yeah, and here they're just sort of meh, treading water. Again, not, yeah, yeah. Know, and, yeah, and who mean, knows what's I, going on with Anthony Davis. I know, yeah. I don't know what the deal is with him. It's it. It seems like, in a way, and I mean, I'm stealing this point from from others. I can't, you know, I don't know who, but it seems like, in a way, Anthony Davis got that title and decided, like, yep, I'm good. I, I you know, like, I won my one title. I, I did I could it. Do it. Yeah. And and now I'm just going to kind of coast. I'm going to make my money. I'll put up some games where I score, you know, 35 and get 15 boards and be like, oh, I still got it in him. But I'm not going to give you that regularly anymore. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm peeling back on the throttle. Yeah. It's um, it's interesting, and and I don't want to lose sight of the point of this, which is LeBron James broke a forty-year-old record. Yeah. And yeah. The other thing I, that I think cannot be overlooked about this. And, and, and this is not, you know, he's a great basketball player. That doesn't, you know, I'm not a hero. I'm a plumber. But <laughs> but yes. he's married. He's got two kids. There's never been any craziness Gosh. with his life. He opened a school in Akron that sends kids to college and pays yeah. for their whole ride. No, I agree, man. I was even yeah. going to say that when I, when I was, you know, talking about how people just seem to dislike him and they wait on his downfall. And again, with the glare that was on him from a young age, and we talked about Tiger Woods, and Tiger Woods did sort of succumb to that eventually. Not at a young age, but, you know, it, it got to him, and, and it brought him down for quite a while, and he's managed to rebuild and, and rebuild his image and his life, and that's good. But, but um, yeah, LeBron is, I mean, you know, he's, he's married to a girl that he, you know, went to high school with. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got, you know, he seems to be a very active dad, in his kids' lives, like you know, yeah, he's they're, at the games. They, yeah, they're yeah. at the games. I mean, he's there at their games. He's, you know, like I mean, look, you know, I, without getting too deep into the socio-economic uh, stuff, like I mean, a lot of a lot of athletes are absentee dads, or they got kids that they don't even know about. You get the Adrian mm-hmm. Petersons of the world, who you know, oh, he's got a kid, even know it existed. Like, oh, okay, or mm-hmm. Sean Kemp, or whatever, you know. Yeah. So like LeBron's, you know, he's got. He's got the two sons and the and the daughter, the young daughter now, and you know, and he seems like he's active in his kids' lives, and he's never, never gotten arrested, never, you know, really. I mean, the biggest controversy he's had was the decision, which, mm-hmm. yes, was an ego stroke of all ego strokes, but in the grand scheme of things, really ain't that bad. Well, and also you know? let's the decision. Okay, gauche a faux pas. Sure. But let's not overlook the fact that it also was a massive fundraiser for the Boys and Girls Club. Like, true, true. It, you know, yeah. for for even when he makes this his biggest misstep as a right. as a brand, it 
it was still a massive charitable gift. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah. I mean, and, and you know, like, yes, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was a 20 something year old who has been told he's the greatest thing in the history of time and kind of lacked a little perspective and, you know, okay, fair enough. It was an ego stroke, but you know, again, if that's your worst crime, that at 26 years old, you organized a huge thing to say where you're going to go play next rather than just announce it in a press conference. Like that's pretty darn good because other people of his caliber of fame have certainly encountered worse things than that. Well, and, and also does it not speak to his greatness that he's like, I want to announce this in an hour long television program. And ESPN was like, yeah, you do. <laughs> we watched. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we want, and, and I think that's another, I, I suppose that's another thing that people, you know, because it kind of like, he was sort of a trigger of the, the players are going to control where they play now, uh, you know, right before that, the Celtics got put together, but that was through trades. Garnett mm-hmm. got traded, Ray Allen got traded. Like that was okay with us apparently, but a star player leaving their team in their prime in free agency to go unite with other star players was kind of unheard of at that time. Not now, you know, but certainly it was at that time. And I, and I think some people have just never been able to let that go. Like, Oh, he took the easy way out, which I will argue to the end of time. Yes. It got easier by pairing up with Wade and Bosch, but it didn't get easy because he was far and away the best player on those teams. Wade was already over his physical peak and Bosch was a nice complimentary piece. But they won those two titles because of LeBron mm-hmm. and got to four finals because of LeBron. Uh, you know, like, yeah, Wade had some moments, but by 2014, it was it was like the Cleveland Cavaliers again, basically. Like, Wade was washed. Bosh was, uh, you know, I mean, gosh, in game seven when they beat the Spurs, Bosh didn't score. So, like, you know, LeBron carried those teams. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, look. He is among the greats. Oh, for sure. And and he's the greatest player who we saw his full career. That, that is starting there. You know, if you start with that premise, I don't think there's a debate. No, totally. I mean, I, for me, you know, like I've always liked LeBron. Uh, Some of the things that he says, and does, uh, you know, I think he's a bit hypocritical at times. He, you know, he, he gets on his high horse about fan behavior, but then he's fine with Shannon Sharp coming on the court, yelling at the Grizzlies. And it's like, you know, like uh, sometimes I feel like he'd be wise to just shut up, but he doesn't. And that's just the way it is. But I've always liked him as a player because of exactly that. Like, I mean, he's a year older than us. We kind of grew up with LeBron. Like, you know, like I, I can chart his career and a lot of it is associated with moments in my life. I was doing different jobs. I was with different people. I, you know, I, from, I told, I texted you this morning. I remember one of his high school games being on TV when we were in high school working at the crusader. And then, you know, 2016 during game seven, when they beat the warriors, I was with, you know, Randy Policar and his son, his son was almost two years old. Like, that kid wasn't, you know, wasn't even a thought when I first heard of LeBron. But that moment I shared with him, you know, so it's those type of things. Like, that's why LeBron resonates with me, because in some ways it's like Tiger 
kind of a kind of a chart of my life in some ways. Yeah. Well, I mean, a, a huge moment handled well by the league. Um, yes, yes, it, and good for Kareem being there. I, I, you know, I know he's taken some guff, and I know he and LeBron don't always see eye to eye and don't really like each other that much personally. I don't think, but they both handled it well and maturely, and they acknowledged each other, and there was no like you know saltiness, you know, publicly at least between the two of them. Yeah. Well, and I, I do think in light of that statement, I want to briefly talk about the Wright Thompson article about Joe Montana. Sure, sure. I, yeah, it was, it was similar in a way to the tone of the Kareem LeBron thing. So, yes, yeah, which let's, is let's do it. Basically, it was, you know, Joe Montana's effort to find peace. Yeah. And that there's still there, – there's still – heartache about the Niners going with Steve yeah. Young. Yeah, yeah. There's still yeah. frustration with how that was handled. There's frustration with, you know, the debate has moved beyond Joe Montana and, and who is yeah. the greatest quarterback. Yeah, yeah, in a yeah. way it has. Um, and and I, I think there were some excellent, I mean, you know, anytime somebody says that, it sounds like old man, bitter, you know, the, the things were harder in my day, but I think there's a lot of truth to it too. Like, I mean, they point, he pointed out in that article, like some of the hits that Joe Montana took that cost him playoff games, knocked him out of playoff games or, you know, cost him seasons as his career wore along. You would not see in today's game. You just no. wouldn't. I mean, you know, like it, they would be penalized. You'd be fine. You'd maybe be suspended with hits like that. Back then that was just how it was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if you saw this. I haven't watched the show yet. I want to. But I, I saw it was making rounds that Trent Dilfer on that Ravens 30 for 30 said something about, you know, he's not impressed by today's quarterbacks because the game is so easy. Like, he's yeah. kind of right. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I know Trent Dilfer's an easy whipping boy because he rode a great defense to a Super Bowl ring. I get it. And is Aaron Rodgers better than Trent Dilfer and Tom Brady? Of course, without question. But he's kind of right that, like, the rules and the way the game is has made it easy for quarterbacks, easier than it's ever been. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't think that can be disputed. Yeah, I, I just, it's one of those things, the messenger versus the message. Totally, totally, like, yes, totally. The, I mean, if, if uh, Dan Marino said it, it would probably resonate more. Because be like, well, yeah, Dan Marino was great back when it was tougher for quarterbacks. and Yeah. It you was know, guys all of his, his records. Numbers. Yeah. 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 I mean, 420 touchdowns that he had, which now he's what, like fifth or sixth all time? Um, you know, that number mm-hmm. stood forever because it's like, well, no one's going to do that. Well, now that, you know, the game has changed in dramatic ways toward making the passing game easier, both in how it's officiated, how it's coached, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, and, you know, it does. I mean, the article made the point like, Brady was able to play till 45 because you don't take the physical toll anymore. Yeah. You know, guys like Steve Young, Montana, Aikman, uh, you know, they, they could have played years more, but they couldn't do it because yeah. the, the game beat them up so much. Yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting through line uh, of it. Uh, you know, talking to those guys, talking to Steve Young, talking to Montana's, yeah. you know, his wife, Jennifer, the the right. quotes about 
you know, would you do it again? Knowing what you know now, would you? Yeah. Think, yeah. And all like to a person, and, they're like hundred percent. Yeah. 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 No. And, and, you know, because it's the rush that you get from being a competitor. I mean, I, there were, you know, there were little tales in that story. I'd never heard. I never heard the, the, and I don't know if it's tall tale, but maybe it's not that, you know, Mickey Mantle would, would sit outside in the rain because it was the only thing that made him remember, you know, what it was it like. It sounded cheers. like cheers. Yeah. Yeah. Never heard that before. And it, you know, maybe it's a little Paul Bunyan, uh, you know, tall tale, but there's probably some truth to it at least. Well, the fact uh, that he said he was probably drinking during it, I think makes it true. Thing, right? true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, like there's no doubt that when you do something for that long, you know, and it's not just as a pro it's, it's high school, it's college. It's a, you know, that when it's over, you know, it's, it's probably hard to replace that. That's a consistent theme you hear from retired athletes. Well, and, and it's like, what do you do to replace that feeling? Doing, Nothing really. You know, they talked about in, in the article that it took him 15 years to, yeah. to be at some level of peace with yeah. it. But, yeah. And, I, and, and I'm sure in some ways he still isn't. Well, you and know, that's you the thing always is you have just, that feel of like, man, I wish I could do this one more time. Yeah. You need to have, so, you know, these guys have to have something to rub up against. They they have to, you know, not just believe they're the best, but have to either have doubters or invent <laughs> doubters. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? That's true as well, yes. Invent the slights. Uh, take a take an innocuous comment and turn it into a slight. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, that Jordan and Tiger and uh, Brady and I mean they they've all proven very good at that. But I, I did think it was interesting, you know, the way Thompson described it of you could just watch the switch flip like when yeah. he would drift into a topic that still bothered Montana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and interesting that, you know, like it doesn't sound like he doesn't like Brady, but it doesn't sound like there's a ton of love between them either. Like, yeah. you know, they mentioned he, he referred to him as the guy in Tampa rather than call it by his name. Like, there's, yeah. a, there's a little frostiness there, I feel like, at this well, point. Yeah, and it's the... It's interesting to me the way that it goes for a guy like Joe Montana who... It was his, he was Brady's idol. Sure. But then Brady won more Super Bowls and then was dismissive about Montana, at least right. in, in, a, in a way that you could take it as being dismissive. Right. About he's right. not interested in Montana, he's interested in Jordan. Uh, right. You know, right. things like that, where it's like, yeah, I, I could see being less than pleased with, yeah. with yeah. the way you're treated. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And yet, I also found it interesting that it seems like he and Steve Young now get along fairly well. I mean, maybe they're not like best friends, but I mean, that was always just, oh, they, they couldn't stand each other. They, uh, you know, and now it almost seems like they, you know, especially Young to Montana, but maybe even the yeah. other way, there's, there's a little bit more respect and admiration than there used to be. Yeah, I mean, I think the reproachment appears to have been on Steve Young's side. Like, yes. He wanted that job, but now he realizes what that meant. Sure, that sure. he got yeah. that job, and yeah. that yeah, they went. Now with I him. don't, 
I don't necessarily agree with Montana that like, oh, they should have get you know, like I mean Steve Young was a Hall of Famer and, and maybe the best quarterback in the league for about a five year span. So like I think it's one of those that, you know, the narrative whoever's telling the narrative, like, well, we would have won more Super Bowls if it was me. Like I, we'll never know. Um, I think that's a bit, you uh, yeah. know, the Cowboys, harsh to say, the, but, the Cowboys won you know, three of those Super Bowls. Right. You know, right. With Would Montana have, have been able to beat the Cowboys more consistently. I mean, maybe who knows, I guess uh, again, we, we won't ever know because that's not what happened. And so it's easy to say like, well, if they had kept him, they would have won in 92 as well. And, and then the Cowboys dynasty never gets started. And, uh, uh who could say, um, but, it, you know, I watched that. I know it referenced that documentary that was on Peacock. I watched that last year when it came out. And it was interesting, certainly told from his perspective, sort of like the, the Jordan one that was on ESPN. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you had to realize it came with a, a little bit of a bias. But, uh, you know, it was, I mean, the bottom line, it was just a really interesting article to read. And, and you know, you, you read it. And I, I couldn't help, I guess, in some ways, but think of, like, some of the modern guys too. And like, will we, will we read stories like that in the future about them? Like, you know, his departure from the Niners sort of, sort of reminds me of the Colts and Peyton Manning. And you wonder like, is there, is there a little frostiness? Will there always be some between Manning and the Colts because they let him go? I think he loves the Colts. He has an admiration for Indianapolis, but will there always be a little bit just like there is with Montana and the Niners? Probably. Probably so, yeah. I I thought that the one of the things that I found most interesting in that article was the um, he he still loves Bill Walsh, (laughs) but he can't stand George Seifert. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was interesting. Yeah, I I I didn't quite realize that. Even though you know you watch that documentary, and I mean, basically the story was that. Walsh was the one who wanted Steve Young and Walsh was the one who, who, you know, wanted it, you know, basically like had his hand not been forced because Montana continued to play so well, would have gone to Steve Young, like mm-hmm. he, his desire, what you know, but it was almost like, you know, Seifert then got the chance because Walsh retired and he was the coach when, when Montana got hurt and he, he took it and ran with it, I guess. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, it's, I guess Montana will not be advocating for George Seifert to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like I do in some ways, because I feel like he probably should be, mm-hmm. given his, his track record and his success there. But apparently Joe Montana would not be on my side. It, it is a fascinating, the whole article really, because it, it, it gives you not just great writing, which it is, and yeah. no one's listening to this, but if they were, they should go read it. Um, <laughs> no, you're right, though. It, it was extremely well done as almost every article he writes is yeah but just not just for the writing itself but the detail the nuance the fact that there were you know we're both football fans this is an era that was maybe before our time but certainly talked about during the time we watched and there was a lot of new information yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, you know, like that was, I mean, that was, that documentary kind of did the same thing. Like, I remember the tail end of Montana's career. I remember Montana going to the you know, Chiefs. More so with the Chiefs. Yeah. Like his last couple of years with the Chiefs, I remember. And, it, and I knew he was a 49er. I knew that was like a, 
you know, a weird thing. Oh, Joe Montana's playing for the Chiefs. But, like, I mean, Montana's last full year starting for the Niners was 90. I was five. Yeah. Four turning five. Like, I don't I don't remember that season. The first Super Bowl I remember was the Cowboys and the Bills at the Rose Bowl. And, I, and that's only the Super Bowl, really. I don't remember the season leading up to it or anything about that. So, yeah, you're right. He, he in, in my mind, and I think yours too, is, is uh, you know, a little bit of a ghost. Like, we've, we've seen a lot of highlights. We know a lot about him. But we didn't experience, kind of like we just talked about with LeBron. Like, we experienced LeBron start to finish. No, we're not at the finish yet, but yeah. from the start. We will have Jordan, seen we his whole career. You know, like uh, we pay, but Montana was like his his peak was pretty much over by the time we were old enough to know what was going on. Yeah, yeah. I so it's always interesting to read. The, I mean, I I'm always fascinated by that stuff. You know, because it is like you know you you learn about an era that you didn't actually live through. Yeah, I I just I really liked it. I also thought it was great insight into what he's doing now and that he finally yeah. found something to put the competitive spirit yeah back. yeah 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 i mean it was it was definitely good and it uh you know I, again that guy's just a really great storyteller i know i think it was a year or two ago he wrote a long story about archie manning that like i mean it was like enthralling to me i remember reading that and i could not put it down um and it was one that when it got done i'm like man i, I wish there was more like, I wish this kept going. Um, the guy is a fantastic sports writer. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's great. But anyway, that I just wanted to make sure we touched on that because yes. I thought it was a, yes, yes. a great a piece definitely. and definitely one worth reading. Yeah. Yeah. For you know, sure. Especially with the, frankly, it, with the shift to putting all of their big in-depth things behind a paywall. It was nice yeah. to be able to read that story. It was. It yeah. was. No, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised it wasn't in a way because, yeah, it seems like yeah. more and more is, is plus. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, anything else? Well, <laughs> well, do we do we need to touch on ASU basketball? We talked about them a lot when things were riding high. I feel like we at least yeah. need to mention that it's getting worse. Yeah. Things are uh, not going great. And look, we are, we are not going to be a tournament team unless we win all the way out, including beating Arizona and UCLA on the road or win the, or win the conference tournament. I saw ESPN's bubble watch didn't even list us. The athletic still has us on it, uh, but ESPN didn't include us. So I'm like, man, that's, uh. Uh, boy, it's just it's all unraveled pretty quickly. Five out of six losses, and and you know it's a little bit a little bit of continuation of a pattern of like you know every every year we've gotten off to good non conference runs, then we end up sputtering in conference. And I don't, I mean, under Hurley, I guess I should say like this is not the first time this has happened, and it's quite disappointing. Yeah. I I guess the only question with Hurley is it, it seems like Crow's going to let Ray stay. Yeah, I guess. And, and if so, that means are you letting Ray make another hire? I don't know what to do. I mean, like, if they if they, you know, don't completely fall apart down the stretch and they go, what, what are we, 16 and 8 now? Is that right? Yeah. So if, if, let's say we finish, 
got seven more games and the, and the, uh, you know, let's say we finish with 19, 20 wins, probably not enough to make the tournament. I don't think given you know, some of the losses, but I don't think we make a change and I, yeah. and I'm not necessarily sure you should. I don't know. It's, it's a difficult one for me because like, I hate to be like, well, just being close to making the tournament is good enough. It's not, but mm-hmm. I also like, who are you going to get that's going to do any better right now? I, yeah. I'm not sure that I know. I mean, obviously, I don't know every candidate that's out there, but like, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of like throwing up my hands in resignation in a way. Yeah, I I kind of feel the same. I don't I don't feel the urgency from either you know my inner self, but also from the university you know feel that that there's going to be a coaching change. I don't feel that at all. Now, if we fall apart and you know finish at 16 and 15 or something like that maybe but if we just kind of you know sputter along the next four weekends maybe win one game in the conference tournament and go out make the nit i don't think there's going to be any movement yeah you're probably right um well look we'll be back at some point in the future maybe next week maybe not who's to say we'll see we'll (laughs) see we'll uh Whenever it is, we'll catch up on the Super Bowl. What happened? You know who's who's a bum and who's the greatest of all time, and uh, and then we'll get ourselves. You know, like soon enough, it'll be draft time. Yeah, it's coming up, and yeah. before that, it's it's basketball tournament time. Yeah, well, and we'll find out how Aaron Rodgers' uh, vision quest went. That's right. So. That's right. Yeah. God Almighty, he's about as weird as it gets. All right. Well, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast.